Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. I'm glad to see you here this morning. Glad you guys have made it. It's always an interesting transition between Christmas and New Year's because there's that one week apart, right? From Christmas Day to New Year's Day, it's one week. At least it's been that way for a long time now. Um, that was a joke. Uh, and so I feel this kind of freedom to be able to stop because we're not talking about the Advent series talks and we'll continue with the book of Esther next week. But right now it's kind of my, you know, free day to kind of talk about some things, end of the year, new year coming. And I want to kind of reflect on some of the things that have taken place and more importantly, look at how we want to lean into the future. Change is an interesting thing, right? We, we know that change takes place, I mean, because we see it. We see it in the seasons, except for in California. We don't have winter. We just have a delayed, you know, summer. I, I don't know. I guess this is winter. Some of the leaves are falling, but... We see change take place seasonally. We see it in our lives, right? We we see the wrinkles. We see the gray hair that comes up. You know, I remember one time um, talking about, you know, well, you could always dye your hair. It's like, no, I've earned these. You know, all this gray hair is my, you know, inheritance <laughs> or my kids have given it to me. But... This last year, there's been a number of things that have taken place. I mean, every Sunday we meet, and we've met uh, throughout the year also on midweeks. We broke it up. There was a period of time where we didn't meet. But that means there's 52 weeks that we are here. I, I think I missed five of those weeks this year. A couple of them were in Haiti. I know my gr daughter graduated uh, from nursing school, we went to her graduation, and I think there was a couple more that we missed. But otherwise, I'm here every Sunday with most of you. Just, again, why? What, what are we doing here? What is our purpose? Why are we meeting together? And it, it's not just to gather. It, it is to gather around a reason and around a purpose. It is to acknowledge that the kingdom of heaven has shown up in the person of Christ, and we are now participants in that kingdom. And the way we participate 
it, it shows up in our interaction with one another, the things that we've done. And there's been some great things, some, some big things. You know, we had the 10 miles for Terry that we put on together and Robbie put that on and we, you know, fought alongside with our sister and friend Terry as she battled cancer, raised $36,000 to help them through that struggle. And even though she lost the battle with cancer, we really continue to win in the fight for the kingdom of God. And your presence in showing up for something like that was an encouragement, I know, to them. It was an encouragement to me and to so many people who were able to participate in something like that. We had the 4th of July. We got the gift bags together for the police department, the fire department. Our Connect series on couples has been really powerful. It's been great working with Dr. Quinlan and talking about issues in relationships. I have never been a part of a community that has been so open. And when we gather together and people share openly the struggles that they're having in their family and the things that are going, it is refreshing to have a place where we can actually talk and not be guarded and worrying about what people are going to think when we talk about these kinds of things and feel safe. And it's been so appreciated. And I hope you have gained as much from those times as I have being able to talk about those things. And it's always nice having a clinical psychologist there that you can say, I don't know, what do you think, doctor? Right? It's very helpful, but it's been a great time where we grow not just in our uh, informational understanding, but in our relational understanding. Because so much a part, so much of what we do is dealing with relationships. It really is a part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. As I've shared many times, Paul talks about unity in his epistles more than he talks about doctrine, which should make us stop and, and take notice how important it is for us to be connecting with one another. We have raised so far about $1,700 for our goats and garden project, which is going to be continuing. So if you would like to contribute, if you're like, wow, I've got to get my last minute donations for the year for tax write-off, you can do that. Today is a good day, right? Because tomorrow is. So for the goats and garden project, you can let them know, and that's taking place. We do want to raise $5,000, and so we'll continue this until we have that money raised, and then... We've had continuing trips to the Buena Vida Orphanage, helping out with the new place that they're building there for the kids at the home, uh, the handmade bears that Sandra made for each of the kids that were there. These are all little things that add up to us being a part of what God is doing, this kingdom building. And I, I share these things because it's not about you coming here to hear a Bible study. I mean, we, we gather together and we open up the scriptures, but it's so that we can lean into the life that the scriptures are pointing us to, right? It's never about just looking at the Bible. It's looking at what the Bible is looking at and then following that. And that's an important thing to remember and understand with that, um, 
we've had the Imago Day, the men's groups that started with men. And, and for those of you who don't know, Imago Day means image of God, right? So that's what it is, is how we as men can reflect the image of God. And so they've been meeting on Saturdays and it's been a great time for the guys to get together and you're invited to be a part of that, guys. If you would like to get together on a Saturday morning, nine o'clock, uh, they do different things and there's a calendar in the, again in the back where you can look and see what things are taking place. We also started our building fund and have raised over $38,000 for the building fund, which is great. Applaud to you guys. And I, I, I think of us, and I know there's, I always say this, not all of us show up at the same time, right? We We kind of come in and I don't know if it's a, I don't know what kind of, thing it is, it's probably my fault and just because I have this kind of, hey, come as you are, but I still want you to come, right? Um, but a small community like us that has raised the amount of money for, again, the 10 miles for Terry, whether it's the Goten's Garden and the building project, as well as keeping things running here, is commendable. And I commend all of you for being a part of what is taking place here. And we are leaning into 2018, hoping to find a building, right, that we can start and really develop some things in our community. And so those are some things that we are going to lean into as we move forward. Um, What I wanted, though, to do this morning is acknowledge that whether 2017 was a good year or a rough year, Whether you look back and said, man, 2017, it was a great year. So many great things happened in my life. I got that job I always wanted, got that girlfriend I always wanted, got that husband or wife I always wanted, because I did marry some of you. And whether you're thinking of it in that way or whether it was a difficult year, we lost a number of people who were close to us. I know that many family members have been lost in this year. And so it it strikes us as a very difficult year. Whether it was a great year or a bad year, you are here right now, which means what has ever happened, you made it through. And whatever came upon you, you were stronger than whatever it was. By the grace of God and the help of God, you are here and you've made it past. And there is no reason to believe that next year will not be better than this past year. As people of faith, we believe that he who has begun something in us is continuing it and will continue it. And and so it is an important part of our faith to trust that God is working in our life continually. That the, the valleys that come and the hardships that come do not stop the work from taking place and moving us forward. And so in Hebrews chapter 12, if you want to open up and turn with me there, there's a passage that I think reverberates this. Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 26 says, at that time, his voice shook the earth. And this is referring to an event that happened in the Old Testament, but just let that sink in, right? 
At that time, his voice shook the earth. Kind of should send shivers down your spine, right? His voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. You see, for us to grow, things have to change. For the seasons to take place, the the leaves have to fall, the the tree has to go dormant so that it can save up what's necessary through that winter so that at spring it can come alive again. And the same thing is true in our lives. Things have to be shaken so that the things that are important can stand out. I, I visited a friend at the hospital this past week And I thought it was great because as the nurses would come in, they would say, oh, I want you to meet my friend. And then afterwards, is it okay if I call you friend and I don't call you pastor? And I said, yes, believe me, that's a good thing. You know, people act different when they call me pastor. Dog trainer even is better, right? It's like, here's my dog trainer. Oh, and then they have a million questions, right? Here's my pastor. And they go, oh, hi. You know, and then they leave like, you know, I'm a cannibal or something. Anyway. Here's my friend, and as I was talking to him, you know, some physical things happened dramatically and quickly that shook him. And now the conversation is one where there's an openness to the things of God where before there wasn't. Why? Because things were shaken. Because the things that are temporary were made evident, and the things that were lasting were made relevant. And so now there's an awareness to, you know what? I am bigger than just the length of my life, but I am more aware of that now that the brevity of my life has been made known. And sometimes it's that kind of shaking that takes place that helps open our eyes to see what really is important. And in our conversation, when we started talking about what's really important, the thing that came out was people. It is the people that are important. And it was the people that came to visit him that moved him to tears because people showing that they care and loving, all of a sudden it means more. We, we take those things for granted when they're really important. And so... All the things that have happened to us in 2017, all the shaking that has taken place, it sometimes is what's necessary to make us aware of what still remains. The things that are important, the things that are going to last, the things that are going to carry us on past the difficulties, past the struggles. And we move forward with this now confidence that what has begun is going to continue in us 
because God has promised that what he started, he's going to see to completion in you and in me and in this kingdom that we get to now be a part of. And we need bigger eyes to see what's taking place. We need to understand that life is much more than the things that we seem to interrupt the important things with, the temporary things, the things that will rust and break and fade away. You know, Christmas has come and gone and the kids get toys and it doesn't take very long for some of them to break, right? Especially when you got toddlers, right? They're made just so, it's so you'll buy more, I guess. I don't know, but those things come and they go. They bring a little bit of joy, but then you want more and you want more. I know. One of the granddaughters wrote a two-page list of all the things she wanted for Christmas, right? And we got her some things, and she goes, oh, where's the rest of the list? Like, who do you think we are? Uh, like $10,000 worth of stuff here. And what's it going to take to satisfy? See, if I got her everything on that list, she would want more. And it'll be a life lesson for her to learn that those things will never satisfy Neither will the bigger things. And sometimes things have to be shaken so that what really is important stands and remains. You know, (laughs) we should just go in there. They're having a good time. (laughs) What can I do to imitate that, right? One of the things that has captured my life, ever since I became a follower of Jesus, there has been an awakening to the reality that God is there and he's present. That God is for me, not against me. That God is near. And it's so evident in the person of Christ. And when that reality became known to me, I wanted to make that reality known. It's been the passion of my life. It's been what I, I I want to connect people to the God who is connected to me. I I want to make people know who he is. And I, I think it's an important thing to recognize that, you know, God reveals himself to us. He, he did to me. I, I think of Peter when Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven, that God actually reveals things to us, that he imparts truth to us. And that truth is meant then to take root in our lives and produce lives that are connected to that truth of who God is. And there's a passage in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. It says, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it is taught you, remain in him. You don't need that anyone teach you. You're saying, what are we doing here? I guess we're done. Go on. See you later. You know, right? 
you don't need that anyone teach you. It's saying that you have access to the very spirit of God, that he actually teaches you. And what I think has happened so often is in our church environment, we have been taught what to think. Here is what the Bible says, but we haven't been taught how to think. We haven't been taught, how do I discern that voice? How do I hear what he says and then act on it, live it out? Because what good is it to hear if it doesn't show up, right? When you tell the kids, hey, you need to clean up your room, it doesn't matter if they heard you. Matters if they clean the room. What good is it to hear the voice if it doesn't change the life? And see, I don't want to tell you what to think. I don't want to tell you what the Bible says. I want to connect you to the God who is speaking through the scripture so that he can speak to you. I want you to hear his voice because his voice shakes the earth and the heavens and is able to shake your life. And so when you come here this on a Sunday morning, I know that you come to receive something, but what I want you to receive is just the, appetizer to what is waiting okay i'll give you the chips and salsa but the enchilada and the chili relleno are coming i know what i want for lunch you see there is more substance for you and i just want to whet your appetite so that you will hunger for it yourself We've been saying this since the beginning when we started. We, we don't go to church. We are the church. And how do we make that a reality? How do we live that out? That's what we're trying to do. That's the process. It's how we work together to see these things take place. Right? It's Robbie putting together the 10 miles for Terry. It's Sandra putting together those bears that she made for all the kids at the orphanage. It's Denise doing what she does there in Haiti that we are able to get behind that. It is all these things and so much more. It's Ben with the men on Saturday mornings. It's Kelly with the quarter notes. It's, you know, all the ladies getting together, doing the, the drawing on truth and all these things. They're all us being the church, living this life. And I want you to grab hold of that because if we move forward, it's going to be moving forward with this understanding. You don't come to church, you are the church. And it is our working together that brings the kingdom of heaven in our midst and makes it known to the people who are around us. Jesus in his discourse with the Pharisees all through John chapter 10, it's a whole long back and forth as they're talking to him and he says, I am the shepherd. And the sheep come and they find place. The sheep hear my voice and they respond to me. 
And his whole dialogue is about you, the Pharisees, have tried to make the law something that people have to follow you for. But what God is doing is he's saying that you're to follow me. And that passage in John 10, 10, where it says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. It's not talking about the devil. It's talking about the Pharisees. It's talking about the false teachers who have put it on them because You have the voice of God speaking to you. You hear his voice. You respond to his voice. That is what the passage is about. And I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. How do you have abundance of life? The creator of life speaks to you and you hear him. You don't have need that anyone teach you, tell you what God is about. God will show you who he's about. And he is seen in Jesus person of Christ is now what we can see and hear and follow. And and this is what's captured me. And this is what I want to capture us. This is what I want to keep doing as we move forward is I want to allow the voice of God to resonate in every one of our hearts. And I want it to show up in our lives and how you interact with people at work. And the things that you do and the things that you commit yourself to. See, as time went on, that voice that spoke into my life, that captured me, started to become dull. I started to to mistake theology for the voice of God. I started to mistake understanding or learning for the voice of God. I thought the more I knew about God, the more I would actually know God. And it just doesn't work that way. It's great to understand and to learn, but it's not the same thing as knowing. And knowing takes time. Knowing takes heart. Knowing takes commitment. I have to do more than learn. I have to be a part of. And I'm still learning this in relationships. I know what I have to do as a dad. I know what I have to do as a husband But usually those things that I have to do aren't enough to be a good dad, right? I mean, I have to, you know, take care of my children, make sure they get to school, make sure that they have their supplies and food and all these things I have to do. But what makes the dad is showing up and being there with them. You can't replace that. No no amount of quality replaces quantity when it comes to parenting or being a husband. I I could act like the greatest person, but if I'm not there, I'm failing. And the same thing is true in our relationship with God. We have to show up. We have to be there. And that means showing up on a regular basis. And that's more than just on a Sunday. It means showing up on on a regular daily basis. And it doesn't mean just having devotions or just praying or reading our Bible. Those are all great things. It means hearing his voice. When 
someone at work says something and you want to respond and instead you say, no, I need to be still before I respond in a way I'm going to regret. And then God says, why don't you do this instead? A friend of mine just was sharing with me an example where they were in a group and someone was doing something that really bothered them and they were going to go step up and say, hey, knock it off because he was kind of harassing this one person. And instead he said, oh, I better not do that because I know my attitude's going to get in the way. And so he stopped and then he heard what I believe is the shepherd's voice say, go and change seats with that person who he's bothering. And he did. He went over and he said, hey, why don't you change seats with me? And the lady who was being bothered by this person thanked him later, said, thank you, that guy was creeping me out. And all he did was hear a voice that stepped in and said, do this. And you think about it, how it showed up. It showed up in kindness instead of hostility. Doesn't that look like Jesus? You see, it shows up in a lot of different ways. This morning, I was at Starbucks and there was uh, a guy speaking to another person who was homeless that was there, and he was telling him, are you ready to change? Are, are you ready to get off the stuff and get into a place that will help you? Because I'm ready to take you if you're ready to go. And I just, I'm walking out and I hear this conversation and I'm thinking, there's just life and death taking place right here. This is a moment that can change this person's life forever if they will hear the voice. And here is a person who, who is that voice to this person, giving that opportunity, offering to help this person change his life forever. If you'll listen. You see, these are the moments that we have to step into but the thing is, if I don't practice, practice kindness daily, I will miss the opportunities when kindness shows up in a big way. If I'm not grateful continually and practicing gratitude, then I will miss the opportunities where gratitude really needs to take place. And it's kind of like a muscle that we need to develop. You know, they say that Rudolph Valentino was the most romantic man in the world. He, he loved more women, you know, than anyone. He wasn't a great lover. He failed at love thousands of times, right? A, a great lover is the one who's married to his wife for 50 years. That's a great lover. Because what happened is he got past that first stage and moved in deeper and got deeper and started to deal with the deep things of relationships. It's easy to keep doing things lightly over and over and over again. And we travel the path of least resistance in so many areas of life. But if you're going to succeed at a job, you can't give up. You have to show up. Right? You have to be willing to be there on time. You have to show up. If you're always sick, probably should find another job. Right? Because why are you always sick? 
See, if you really want to be at a job, you go even when you're sick. Right? I know sometimes you're not supposed to, but why? Because you care enough to want to be there. You see, we do that with jobs. We do that with relationships. We do that with church. We go from church to church to church. We go from job to job to job. We go from relationship to relationship. Whatever's easy, that's what we want to do. But what really is required to succeed is to commit, to get involved. I'd like to go to another church. I can't. I got to be here. It'd be so easy. I know some great churches I'd like to go to. And I actually do go when I'm not here. But you see, if I'm going to make a difference, I've got to be committed to here. If, if we're going to have an impact on our community, I have to be part of our community. And I do have to show up. And, and I have to prepare and think of how can I bring the truth of what God is speaking in a place, in a way that provokes you to want to hear that truth as well and to hunger and thirst for those things, to hear God's whisper and then to pursue it in your life. That's what it takes. We'll never grow past our discontentment. And so what's necessary is to change the discontentment. If you're not content with something, you will only grow up to that place. And pretty soon it's like, well, this is as far as I go and this I don't want to go any further. And our lives get stuck and the voice of God gets dull because we get lazy and don't want to push ourselves into something deeper. It happens in relationships. It happens in jobs. And it happens in our relationship with our church and with our God. And if we are not careful, the voice will become dull. And we will settle for something being told to us than actually hearing the voice itself. And I don't want to settle. I don't want discontentment to stop me from pushing forward. And so I'm asking you who've made it here, I'm so glad you're here the last Sunday of 2017 to journey with me into 2018 and to be committed to what God is doing and wanting to do here in our community and through us as a people. I want us to be grateful grateful for the friends we have, grateful for the people in our lives, grateful for the things that we get to be a part of. Grateful for Randy and his music, grateful for Gil doing the sound, grateful for Denise and all she's doing at Haiti. So grateful for those teachers and the helpers who are there with our kids when we get long-winded. We, I included you in that. And to be humble. 
to have a humility of attitude that is inviting. That people do not see us as arrogant. People who are arrogant are usually not committed. Same thing with people who aren't grateful. People who aren't grateful are usually very brittle. You have to deal with them gently, right? Because they don't have gratitude. And if you tell them, hey, you're not a grateful person, they'll get all hurt, right? Or if a person's grateful, and you, you don't have to tell them that first off, but there seems to be a strength about gratitude. There also seems to be a strength about humility that doesn't break easy. And so let's be committed to what God is doing, to hearing his voice. Let's be grateful, thankful for God's goodness, his mercy, the blessings that we have, that he is still at work with us, that we have people we can journey with. Let's be humble. May people look at us and know that we think more about them than we do ourselves because that's what Christ looks like. And that way, as we move forward, we can be resilient. And all the things that start to shake that aren't going to last can fall. But what stands is beautiful. What stands is resilient. What stands looks a whole lot like Jesus. And let's move forward with whatever we got left from 2017. Because man, it was a tough year. But it was a good year. It wasn't easy, but it was good. God did some deep work in me, and I know he did in you too. And I'm thankful that I'm still here. I'm thankful that you're my family. I'm thankful that we get to move forward together. I want to see more take place in me and in you this next year, but I need you to commit with me. I want to be grateful and I want to be humble and I want to attain all that God has for us and not lack anything because I was lazy. Let's do it together. Amen. Let's pray. Father, New years are always exciting because of the thought of new beginnings. And Lord, your mercy is new every morning. And so before us is not only a new year, but a new opportunity to allow your work to be seen in us, through us. Father, I am in awe of how much this little community has done and is doing. But I don't want to miss anything that we can do. And Father, I, I know that you have stirred our hearts throughout this year of how we can surrender, how we can yield ourselves perpetually to you. That all those years ago when I said a prayer and I asked you to be a part of my life, God, I find that I'm forever in that prayer, asking 
needing, wanting you to do in my life more than what I'm able to do myself. And so I commit myself to you now. I yield myself to you anew. And I pray, God, that I would move into 2018 with a a fervor and a diligence to see all that you have for me and to to commit myself to all that you want to do in me and, and to be shaken to the point where all those things that are not going to last, all those things that are not important will be taken away. And the things that are necessary, the things that are important, the things that will last will stand strong and we build here on these things. We, we stand on those things. God, we hear your voice and we follow you. May we not be detoured by another voice that is less than. May we not settle for a life that is less than abundant. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. May the God whose voice shakes the earth and the heavens shake away everything that is holding you back from hearing his voice living a life of abundance. God bless you as we enter this new year. Let's go for it. Thank you guys. Love you so much. Thank you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.